family life can be both rewarding and frustrating. That is why we are here to strengthen families with quality information and support to meet the many challenges they face. Welcome to In Support of Families. Parents all over the world have been through the same trials that you are facing. Your host, Emma Lou Penrod, is here to help with valuable parenting tips for a happy, orderly home. I'm talking to Dory again, and Dory, welcome. Thanks for joining me. You're very welcome. I'm excited about our topic today. So am I. We're going to be talking about how your mind works. And for me, the human mind has always been the most fascinating creation in the world. And Dory, you teach a class on this, right? I do. I do. I actually teach a class. It's a self-hypnosis course with seven classes, and this is the second, the second class in the series. So it is, uh, it's very beneficial to understand how the mind works and what aspects that are, what aspects are showing up and how to work with each of those aspects. Let's start with the different parts of the mind. Each hypnotist may have a different way of explaining this, but the way that I have explained, I explained it in Emma Lou, we were in agreement with this, are we have three spheres of activity in one mind. So it's one mind, but we have three spheres of activity. One activity is the conscious mind. The one act- other activity is the subconscious mind and then the superconscious mind. And each one of those all work together, but they all have their own part to play and they all act in their own unique way. I love that analogy. And you showed me the, the graphic you have to illustrate that. It's beautiful. So the conscious mind, I, my understanding, that's just what you know you know. This is the information you take in with your five senses. And you also describe this as the chooser. Can you tell me why you call the conscious mind the chooser? Well, as we get older in growing up, we get there, there is a there is a demarcation, a line. And we talked about that in our last, our last episode where as a child, you don't have that line. Everything just goes in. And then as you, as you are growing and get to be about eight years old, then you start discerning. Then you start looking at it. This is right. This is true. What's happening here? And so the conscious mind is the gatekeeper so that it isn't everything that comes at us isn't just going into our subconscious mind. It's, it's filtering. It's asking, is this true? Is this not true? Is this what I want? And it can be a really good thing, and it can be a really bad thing, depending on what's, what it's filtering. And so it is the chooser. It is the judger. It is the one that decides what is to be taken in or not um, in that way. And then the subconscious mind just accepts. It either accepts everything or not. And that's what part of that hypnosis process is, that therapeutic process. Sometimes you want something to go in, I'm really beautiful, I feel good about myself, I, I know I can, all of these positive things. And then because of the suggestions that have been given to us in the past, when, we, when our mind was more open as a child or in other places, we may have those ideas that are limiting and aren't allowing that in. And so that's where as a hypnotist, you're wanting to help someone take out the, those areas that are preventing the good to come in and then keeping in those areas that are keeping the, the bad from coming in. So it's, it is that, that's the work, that's our job as hypnotists is to help someone have what they want. And that's why we discuss that. And then we've set up those sessions and, and with what, what they want. But the subconscious mind through repetition, things will go in. If you repeat it enough, anything will go in. 
And that's why we need to make sure, what are we repeating? What are we saying out loud? What are our words are really powerful? Well, my continually repeating to myself, I can't do this, I can't do this, then the subconscious mind accepts that. Once it accepts it, it creates an energy where that becomes true. That becomes your reality. That becomes true. And you'll find obstacles in your way where you will find that hard, where you've accepted that. That's what I call self-talk. That constant chatter that's going on in your head. And, and if you think about it, you examine your self-talk a lot of us would never talk to anyone else that way, the way we talk to ourselves. That is so true. We would never talk to anyone else the way we talk to ourselves. <laughs> yes. And then the superconscious mind is that mind that is directly connected to the infinite intelligence. And that's where we have ideas come in, things that aren't, that aren't from us, but we're being given information, whether it's an answer to prayer or we're having a focus that is our connection with that infinite intelligence. And it's pretty amazing what, as you walk, as you walk through your day, actively aware of that and using that on purpose, what an amazing day, what an amazing life you can have. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. And I think we, we forget about this part of our minds. This is where our insight or, you know, inspiration. And some of us, Again, because if we have negative self-talk, we start to reject that insight, any information that the superconscious. Yes. And our, our, our conscious mind isn't aware of what's in our subconscious, but our superconscious is aware of everything that's in the conscious mind and in the subconscious. And it also is most interested in what is for our best good. Yeah. That's what I've learned is that our, our superconscious will not force us if we're not ready. Yeah. One of the ways to know what's happening with us, a thought creates a feeling. Now, sometimes people nowadays are not seeing that. They're seeing a feeling is a little different way. This is, the, this is what's accurate. A thought creates a feeling. Any feeling we have has to have a thought first, whether how fast that came in. Then the thought creates the feeling. Then the feeling goes to a response or a reaction or a behavior, some kind of activity, behavior activity. And when we notice the reaction, the response, or the behavioral activity and ask ourselves, hmm, how is it that that happened or I felt that way? What must I be believing to have had that happen, then we begin to be aware of what's in our subconscious mind. I love that. So what's your response when someone says, he made me angry? Is it possible for someone to make you angry? I think they can be a trigger and they can punch the, the certain areas within you that create that anger. And it's our job to take care of those triggers so that, so that it can be different. And so the answer is no. And if we are if we are not taking care of our of our internal thinking, um, if we're not organizing, taking care of, aware of what's happening with it, things can happen with us. We can find ourselves automatically doing certain things or feeling certain things. And no, no one made you. You know, and and I I hear this a lot, like with road rage. You know that if, if another car pulls directly in front of you on the freeway. There's no choice but to become angry. And I totally disagree with that. What do you think? Well, I think that can be true for certain people. 
And what you do after that experience is over is you say, okay, what do I, do I want to have this again? And then you start looking at what must I be believing or you, and do it on your own, or you go to a hypnotist and say, here's my, here's what's happening to me. I want this to be different. And then it can be different, whether it's a short time or long time depends on, on what's happening and, and where you are with that, with that area. And you can have it be different. Sometimes you have no choice because of what's already in the subconscious in that moment. Sometimes you don't have a choice. I've heard of some people saying, considering, you know, maybe that other car, maybe there's, they have an emergency. There could be a reason they're driving like that. I, you know, gee, I hope they're okay. So, but again, to me, it reinforces what you said earlier, that it begins with the thought. You know, we don't have to be, we don't have to feel hurt if, you know, if we greet someone and they don't respond, we can think, well, maybe they didn't hear me. We don't have to be, we do have choice as to how we respond. I think Viktor Frankl describes it in his book, you know, Man's Search for Meaning, that there is that moment between action and response when you still can make a choice. And, you know, you look at him, you know, being in a concentration camp where you'd think, well, there was no choice but to despair and give up, and he didn't. Well, my focus is, is that when someone is looking at how they're feeling, is noticing what they're happening, they're thoughtful, they're looking at that, then there's the choice. When someone hasn't had any experience, hasn't had any any awareness whatsoever in that moment, then there isn't. And until they begin to say, how do I, how can this be different? Then they begin to have that choice. And I think someone that you're describing has already made a choice, has already said, okay, this can be different. I can, you can tell yourself that, well, I don't know what they're doing or no need to get upset now. I'm, you, they're doing something because they've had some thought. They have some awareness. And in that awareness, yes, there absolutely is choice. And I, I believe that Viktor Frankl, his able to describe that is because he became aware. I do have a choice. He became aware, and there was a moment before he was aware that maybe he was having certain feelings. Then he became aware, wow, I have a choice here. And then he, that from that moment on, he had a different experience. And so it depends on where someone is. So I totally agree with you. So first, we need to be aware that there are three parts of our mind, three spheres. We need to know how they interact. And then what else do we need to understand about our minds? Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to what do you want? I think that is a really important thing to understand. How do I want to feel? How does I want, do I want my body to function? How is it I want to be experiencing my day, my week, my month? And what is it that creates that? What are the thoughts? What is my self-talk? What are the things that other people are saying to me? When someone says something to me, and maybe they're wanting me to behave in a certain way, or they're wanting to manipulate me, and only have people, it's not like a master, major manipulation. It's just a, they want you to feel sorry for them, or they want you to, to perform a task for them, and they're, where they're saying things and doing things in a way that to create what they want to have. And being aware of what our environment is and then keeping focus on what do I want? What do I need to, to say to myself? What do I need to, to be bringing in? How do I support myself in having the experience I want? And it does take a little, some thoughtful time and energy. And then it's practicing every day using those statements, changing the I can't to I can. 
changing. I'm, I'm feeling kind of crappy today too. I am having a really good day. Changing those, those thoughts into a positive thought until we begin to feel that. And then we begin to have that experience and we begin to have the life we wanted to have. We begin to have the year we want to have. We begin to have the day we want to have. And it is really about practicing. It's about being aware of it. And it's about practicing every day and noticing like when you slipped and, oh, I got angry. Okay, now what, what could I have done there? And you go back and you see what could I change? It is about, about consciousness and it is about awareness on a in more of a constant way without it being burdensome, without it being hard, simply just noticing and then changing, just changing small things every day. I think that's golden. I love it. Now, I'm going to tell you about an experience I had, and I think you're going to be able to figure out where I could have improved. When I was a young mother, I was aware of the fact that I would lose my temper with my children, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be that kind of a mother. I wanted to be much more loving and patient. So I would make a firm resolve every morning, I will not lose my temper today. And some days I would make it till 10 a.m. And it wasn't until years later, until I figured out how I could have been more effective. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, the affirmation that you're using is, is getting in your way. Yep. For the, the subconscious, sometimes hears the word not, sometimes doesn't. So it's really a roulette. And when you put a word at the end, I, I will not fear. And you notice that in some of the sacred writings, it says, fear not. So I will lose my temper not today. That's how I would have said it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I've decided. I need to focus on what I want. I could have, I was just like setting myself up to lose my temper. And then once it happened, bam. The day was over. I did it. Try again tomorrow. But if I had been able to focus on, I will remain calm and patient. Or, yeah, focusing on what I want. And, and you're right. Our subconscious mind doesn't always recognize a negative. My subconscious was probably hearing, I will lose my temper today. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> you did. That's right. Well, I have a similar story. I think as moms, we want to be, we want to be good moms. We want to take care of our kids and create a good environment. And I had an experience where I had my youngest daughter was, was a trigger for me and I would get really upset and I'd have the same thing. Okay. I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm going to stop being angry. Now I didn't know hypnosis. This is where the value of these videos and the value of learning about how to work with your mind is so important. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't clear how to do that. Then I was, and then I, cause I sat and I, asked a question and I said, How, what do, what's needed here? How can I have this be different? And that infinite intelligence through that super conscious mind gave me an idea. And I, I was given the realization that I was feeling like a bad mom. So whenever my daughter would, would talk to me and she would ask me to do something that I couldn't do in that moment because I wasn't at home, because I wanted to be an at-home mom and then I got divorced and now I wasn't an at-home mom, that thought came up. I'm a bad mom. And I didn't know that. But when I sat down with this and thought, how is it that I'm always, that I'm getting so upset with her and angry. And I realized that, and I had that realization brought to me that I realized this was what was happening. 
then I could look at that and say, okay, even though I'm, I'm no longer an at-home mom, even though this, even though that, I am a good mom. I take care of my kids. I care about them. And I want them to do well. And the next time that she made that very exact same statement, she it with the exact scenario happened again, I remember stopping, no, no anger, nothing happened, no eruption. That trigger was gone. And I was able to be really calm and relax with her and say, I can't do that right now, but can we do it here? Can we do it this way later in the day? And she's like, oh, okay, solve the problem. I didn't, I know no anger. It was so beautiful. It was so wonderful because I had changed inside myself that feeling, that thought, the thought of being a bad mom. And that changed everything. And uh, it was it was really, really sweet that we had a different relationship than this, the anger that I was finding myself having. That is so empowering. Awesome. And this is how we help parents. This is. You know, I think that being a parent is tough under the most ideal situations. Um, because I was a special ed teacher myself, I think that if children, if parents have a child with special needs, and, and actually if you look at it, probably every child has special needs. I mean, does anyone have any two children that were exactly alike and they just had to learn one way of doing things and it worked with all their children. But even now, at this time, parents are expected to work from home, oversee their child's online classes, keep everyone happy, cheerful, and wearing a mask. I think right now parents are our frontline workers. I totally agree. It's a lot on their plates, isn't it? How understanding how their mind works so they can use their full mental capabilities, use all three spheres and understanding how their child's mind is working. So what's some, what are some supports we can give parents? I think that one thing they could to, to, uh, would be supportive is to understand what their triggers are, noticing where they're going in, into the, the negative anxiety, stress, um, intensity, upset, and maybe even writing those down for themselves so they can see where those things are happening. Oh, I like And I always, I like to turn things around. So when you have one statement like, I can't, the easy one, of course, is yes, I can. And looking at those thoughts of what they're, looking at the, this, the thoughts they're having or the experience and what was I feeling? What was the thought in my mind? What was the emotion? And if it's anxiety, then you would look at, okay, what can I trust? What, where can I relax? Where can I, what is it that is, that I can be in a different space? And I think trust is a really good place. And I've had experiences in my life that were very intense. And what I learned through those very intense experiences is that I can trust that infinite intelligence. I can ask for help. I can say, I can ask for support in the moment and I can feel that energy coming in. And we, no one is, is alone. And whether, how, whatever the words you want to use, we have that support. Whether we call it angels, whether we call it guides, whatever you call it, just energy or universal source energy, there's all kinds of different words. We do have that. Each one of us has that. And you can ask for that support and you can feel that. Um, another thing is to look for the triggers and look, just look for the triggers. What is triggering me? 
in, in the different places. And looking at trusting life, I think trusting life is a really important thing. And there are people who are feeling like the world's going to end. And I mean, I've heard some of these things they're talking about. And it's like, are you, is that really true? Or are you just saying those things because you're wanting to trigger other people? Because some of them sound really crazy to me. You look at all the events that have happened in the world that we know of in, in our history. We've gotten through that. The human race has gotten through it. We will be getting through all the things that we need. And you can, you can personalize that and say, I, we as a family or I, I'm getting through this. You have survived 100% of all the bad days you've ever had. And, and I loved what you said. The opposite of fear is faith. And I loved what you said, and I want to second that, that we can trust in our higher power. Whatever we choose to believe in, have faith, trust, um, I love that, being aware of our trigger words. And I, a quote that I have, that has empowered me is change your thoughts, change your life. I think we can be aware of our self-talk, stop it. You mentioned, you know, replace it with something more positive. We're so quick when we make a mistake, we are so quick to notice it and we harp on it. We could do 50 good things in a day and make one mistake. And which one do we remember? <laughs> Where do we put our focus on that one thing? Yes. <laughs> instead of doing that, let's put our focus on everything that went well. All the contributions, our successes, however small. There are places where we can, each of us work on our own self. Uh, you, and you're giving some really good suggestions and ideas. And there are places where someone may need to get help. And I say, go find a hypnotist. Go find in your area, whatever, wherever you are. And there are some that work, um, you know, in other areas, online and other things, other ways. Find a, find a hypnotist and have them have them help you in those places where you could use some help. And sometimes we need that objectivity. Yes. You know, we, we may want to try to work, solve it all ourselves, but maybe we need someone who has that objective perspective and can see things that we're not able to recognize. Yes, totally. And I, what I do, I call it two types of hypnosis. I call it self-hypnosis and facilitated hypnosis. And the reason the argument is all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, which is true because we have to... We have to accept that. But there are places where we do need help from a facilitator because we, on our own behalf of what we are not seeing. And if you think about somebody on a mountain, standing on a, a pillar, they're looking out over the whole area, seeing, all, seeing far away, where can't they see? Under their own feet. Wow. Yeah. So we all need help. And every hypnotist, I, every person needs a hypnotist, including the hypnotist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have my own place I go when I need my, my help in, in those areas. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, and you teach the self-hypnosis class. I, I teach a workshop. And I know it's a powerful tool. So there are some things that parents, anyone can do to manage their stress, improve their confidence. Yes. And it all comes down to understanding how their mind works and how to communicate with their superconscious. 
We both use muscle testing. Should we talk about that for a minute? How does muscle testing work with, with helping us communicate with the mind? And I'm going to let you explain that, but I guess I do, and it is quite remarkable. The body doesn't lie. And an idiomotor response is one way to connect with your superconscious. But explain idiomotor, because maybe people don't know what that means. Okay. I'll give you an example. It's called the sway test. If you hold something in front of you, and it's something, for example, maybe there's a supplement you're considering. You're wondering, do I need this? If you hold it in front of you and just kind of stand balanced, you will feel your body moving towards it if it's something that will benefit you. You will feel your body pulling away. For example, if you were holding a container of gasoline, and and just imagine this, you know, holding a glass of clear, pure water or holding a container of gasoline. The subconscious controls your body, things you don't even have to think about, breathing, digesting your food, your heart beating, So it will respond, and that's one way to communicate with your superconscious, the other parts other than your conscious mind. That's a great explanation, and this is something people can practice at home and take up different things in their home or at the grocery store and just practice and see what, where am I going towards it or away? That's a really good practice someone could could start doing. And as you practice it, you can apply it to other decisions. And I left what you were talking about analyzing, figuring out what are your trigger words. And you can visualize different results, like you have a decision to make. And you're thinking, I could, you know, do make choice A, choice B, and then visualizing using that part of your mind that allows you to see in the future you know which result are you do you feel more inclined to move towards all different ways of using self-hypnosis uh reinforcing a thought i loved what you were saying implanting those positive thoughts repeating them getting them into your subconscious Uh, some people use affirmations i think that's another way of doing that but repeating them while you're in self-hypnosis takes out that critical part of your mind. Have you ever noticed that when you're not feeling really confident, if someone pays you a compliment, you immediately discount it? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's uh, actually, it's not so much now because I've practiced. And yes, it's something that does happen. And uh, an, another, I want to go back to a minute to that, uh, to that, to what you're explaining about muscle testing and what I one way one other way I've used is called I call it energy add energy drain so when you have a thought and I'm going to use the simple one I can't and I can because those are two simple ones to to use you think of I can't and I can feel it right now is that energy add or is that an energy drain it's immediately I can feel it going down energy draining I can feel it it's like it's as if I can feel that my energy going down into my feet rather than staying up around my heart or my head when I say I can, 
that energy is coming up from the floor all the way up and it's even going up through my crown and out my crown it's an energy add and i look at that that's one way for me when i'm in a place where i'm noticing a thought or noticing a, an experience and i don't quite know is this energy add or energy drain if it's energy add i know that what i'm saying is the truth to myself because that infinite intelligence that will tell us if it's true or not or if it's energy drain then i know what i'm saying even though my subconscious mind wants to support it because it's been it's accepted that in the past it's not true and therefore i can say okay i can tell it's not the truth even though part of me is feeling like it is i'm going to just repeat this truth i'm going to repeat the true statement until all parts of me believe it because i can tell it's energy ad even though there's a part of me going well i don't know that can't be true blah 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 because i've i've been in um trained myself through that through that self hypnosis whether i was aware of it or not to believe that that wasn't that negative statement was true and so that's another good way is as energy ad or energy drain as i'm saying the statement is my energy going up or is it energy going down and because of that the same thing with the muscle testing because of that connection with infinite intelligence you will be you will know you will know i love that have faith trust that inner intelligence i love it beautiful well do we have any other words of wisdom on helping parents understand how their minds work or anyone focus each day and practice 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 i love it dory thanks so much once again it is absolutely wonderful to get to talk to you and you have a great day you too and i love the i love the way you describe things it's awesome all right okay so next time we're going to talk about tools in the toolbox just like you wouldn't want a hammer to be your only tool you'll want several tools to use all righty see you later we have just concluded another episode of in support of families if you enjoyed the show and found it valuable we appreciate you leaving us a review or recommending us to your friends for more helpful resources visit our website at insupportoffamilies.com join us again next week and thanks for listening.